this time of Advent, we are going to be looking in passages from Isaiah that have to do with the coming servant of the Lord. And in our study this year of this great book, we have not yet read the words that we're going to study this month. We've been saving them for you for this time. It is fitting that we continue in Isaiah in Advent because of how the prophet calls out the ways that the people have fallen short, the ways that they are suffering and offers true restoration. So today we are in Isaiah 9. We begin with verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor you have broken, as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. The word of the Lord. Amen. Isaiah 9 is what is called a poetic salvation oracle. Both a birth announcement and the promise of a deliverer. Both the birth and the promise is to give hope to a group who are downtrodden, who are living in the mire both of their making and also being stuck in situations they cannot rise above. God here indicates how they will be saved. The child will be born for the people. The promises here show that Yahweh can be trusted. Those whom God loves, that means everyone, those whom God loves don't have to look to others to save them, nor put ultimate hope in themselves. Isaiah gives a vivid picture here of the people who have walked in darkness. He talks about the yoke of the burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor in all times of chaos and conflict. Isaiah is calling people to remember the darkness that weighs us down. The things that we carry that sometimes seem too hard to bear for any one person or group of people. As we till the soil of our lives step by step, trying to churn up the earth so that good can come, we are often very deeply burdened. With a bar across our shoulders, we go on trying to shake off the sin and the things that constrain us, often with frustration and sometimes to no avail. The rod of the oppressor is, can be seen in lots of ways as society, as the power in our lives, as the heaviness of our family, as the expectations of those that we're trying to please. Isaiah makes us remember pictures of war and death, which are always continually still before us. 
the burning of what is left of the lives that have been decimated. This is the world of Isaiah. This is the world we live in. Now this is painted with a rather broad brush. The land of deep darkness has been spelled out and we talked a lot this year in Isaiah about how the people had turned deliberately away from Yahweh and we are now more familiar with what Isaiah was talking about and who he was talking to. But we also live in a time that we look at the landscape of our world and we know the weight of darkness and the rod of oppression. We feel it just by living on the earth. We cry out for what we see in the pain around us. We know what it is to walk in the darkness firsthand. So as we begin Advent, while everything is starting to look beautiful and Christmassy, we're called to reflect on the darkness, to sit in it, to sit in it for moments of reflection as we consider who God is. And as I look out over this congregation, I know some of what is being carried by you. And I know what I myself am carrying. Many of us live with the ongoing trauma from painful situations, even from many, many years ago. Brenda spoke this morning of the grief of, lo- of losing a dear one. How many of us this year have lost people that we love and wish that they were still here? We are feeling the sting of a tough economy that affects us in uncertain ways. The suffering we ourselves have physically endured or the caring for a loved one long-term is with many of us. The effects of condemnation and hate that has become somehow a part of our normal society in our everyday lives affects us. We carry that with us. The acute loneliness and sadness that we sometimes feel. And we wonder if anything matters. The broken relationships that we have that seem like they are never going to change are exhausting for us as we wonder what to do with them. The cycles we live in addiction and shame and anger with hard hearts that blame others and God and can't let go somehow of the past hurts that we have. The helplessness and the bitterness we harbor because we have been fighting something that isn't right or fair. The evil that we can sense viscerally and we are reminded that there is always something that is working against us. All of us here know the darkness. We know what it feels. We know its effects. We know the pull of it and the gripping fear of it. We know how disorienting it is. We start Advent by acknowledging what is around us, what is inside of us, what we fight so hard against. Isaiah said the people walked in deep darkness. The kind that makes it that you can't see anything else. Jesus came into a world that was full of shadows. There was so much hopelessness and misery. When Matthew quotes this passage in his gospel to tell why Jesus came, he describes the people living in the shadow of death. Barely living. The darkness is real. It can make our skin crawl and cause a knot in the pit of our stomach. It makes us want to shut down. And into this despair, a great beacon of light appears. 
for those walking through life. It is as though the sun has come out and there is rejoicing. There is one who will carry the yoke of our burdens, who takes the worries and the struggles of life upon himself. A child is born, a son given for the people from the Lord who comes with authority and purpose to establish a kingdom with justice and righteousness forever. That's what Isaiah says. A few years ago, we looked at all of the names from Isaiah 9. Today, I want to remind you just what each one means and point out something about them. These are not just who the newborn king will be. These are names describing who the Lord already was at the time of the writing in Isaiah and who the Lord is. Wonderful counselor, one who is beyond all human understanding, who has the capacity to carry out plans with great wisdom. Mighty God, the one true hero whose strength is unequaled. Everlasting father, the possessor of eternity. When I preached this three years ago, I said, we possess so many things, God possesses eternity. Ah, Prince of peace, the one who removes and heals all disturbances, everything that is wrong to secure true contentment. These are serious names. Pay attention to these serious names. The one who comes and who will come again means business. These are not casual descriptions of someone who has no plan, who plans to just let human humanity flail about. No, Jesus comes to announce the kingdom of heaven. And this announcement brought great light and hope into the world. When we think of these names of our Savior, we should hold on to them because we should remember what lengths it took to vanquish the darkness. These are serious names because the darkness is real. These are serious names to save each person, to drive evil away, to bring healing and wholeness. John Oswald, who we, who we have quoted often because he is such an Isaiah, Isaiah scholar, says this, the good news is that the God who is with us is a God who wants to turn our darkness into light, our conflict into shalom, our loss into abundance, our despair into joy. The host of heaven has a passionate desire to do good to all people. If a God like that is with us, that is good news for eternity. Amen. When we think about the people in Isaiah's day who walked in darkness, and we think about the people today who walk in darkness, one of the common questions that all of us might ask is, does God really care? Is he actually with us? The darkness that seeps in and that is all around us does make us wonder if we are alone. The incarnation, the coming of Jesus to earth as one of us, gives us the answer. A light that comes to bring life and hope, to show us in a tangible way that we have never been alone. The words of Isaiah come in the middle of God speaking directly to them. Remember all the chapters that we went through this year. So many words of disappointment and consequence and sorrow. Why? Because their connection was broken and the Lord wanted to make it right. The, me the mechanism has changed. 
for how our relationship is restored. But the reason behind it is the same. Our powerful and mighty and everlasting and wonderful God that Isaiah talks about loves us and will not let go. Janet prayed for people in her family. God will not let go. We have things in our life that are, seem so, so, so hard and so awful. God will not let go. He will not allow the darkness to consume us ever. So we come today to the table that Jesus has laid out for us. We are invited to receive his body and blood. We come as a community believing Jesus is the cure for what ails us and the light that we so need. We bring our darkness we bring our darkness to the altar to Jesus, who has borne all of it, who has borne all of our darkness on his body so that we don't have to bear the burden of it ourselves. And in this action of dying on the cross, we are one with him. In this act of communion, we are one with him. We are one with one another as we worship and remember together. By this action of receiving communion, we affirm Jesus is the light of the world and that we will continue to work to bring that light into the world. And as we partake of this glorious mystery of our faith, we commit to be people who walk together, who lift up one another, who encourage one another to find light in the middle of our murkiness that we have both caused and have been foisted upon us. We affirm God's presence even as we long for the return of the Savior. Like the people of Isaiah's time, we are broken. And we can be oblivious to how we miss God's life in our sin. In this act of communion on this first day of Advent, we submit to the authority to the child who was born for us. We choose to focus on the light that has overcome the darkness of the world believing in all the ways that we have named. We believe all the things that we have named that are wrong, but then we can look at those things and point out the goodness and the light that God is bringing. So may the Lord meet with us as we remember the darkness and as we seek his light. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.